What's up, Weeboos? What's going on? This is episode three of season three of the Weeboo podcast. This is Chris, one of your co-hosts, and I got Pat with me. And I know we're we're, we're turning into this like free flowing podcast now because like we're releasing our episodes randomly. We're talking about random things, but at the same time, I'm kind of liking how free flowing it is. So hopefully, all the listeners like it as well. For this week, we just have a lot of different topics we want to talk about. But before we get into it, tell us about your uh, this Pikachu thing that you bought, Pat, because this is something I think the listeners will like to hear. <laughs> I I think I'm gonna get hated on. Um, but hey, everyone. So today or yesterday, I don't know. I don't know the time zones anymore. But either yesterday or today uh, is Pokemon's 25th anniversary. And so Pokemon partnered with Baccarat Crystal. And for those who don't know, Baccarat is this expensive, unnecessary crystal that, you know, people have used for whiskey glasses, wine glasses, champagne glasses. I mean, you name it, right? It's just an expensive crystal from France that is for some reason extremely expensive. And it's just luxury crystal. Crystal, and if you see it in the kitchen, you know, sometimes it holds its value. It's nice to look at, but Lately, they've been trying to get into kind of collabs. Um, and for those who don't know, there's a company called Bear Brick. Uh, they were doing some collabs with Bear Brick. And for Pokemon's 25th anniversary, they collab with Pokemon. And so they have this fragment design. They created 25 of these big, giant crystal Pikachus. There's only 25 made in the world, and they're like $25,000. I don't know who's going to buy them, because I don't have $25,000. I don't think Chris has $25,000 to spend on a giant crystal Pikachu. But they also released some smaller versions of the Pikachu and some Pokeballs. They even made a trailer for it. So I don't know if you haven't, if you haven't seen the trailer for... Bakrat Crystal, I suggest you look it up because they tried to hype it up a lot. They kind of added some, you know, glass making in it, some electricity for Pikachu. I don't know. It's like a short, I want to say 20 second trailer for it. But is it is this just a Singapore thing? Because I haven't heard about it at all. So they re- they released they released the Pikachu in, I think, five or six locations. I remember most of the time for collabs with japanese related it's usually just japan Um, but for this one they released singapore hong kong japan new york and i want to say france because baccarat is french um so those okay that's pretty that's a lot i believe those are la yeah so the only place that you could get have found this in um america would have been new york and yeah, they're sold at the only they're only sold at the flagship location. So it says Tokyo, Paris, New York, London, Hong Kong, and Singapore. So six places for this fragmented Pikachu. It's actually pretty big. It's like the size of my head. That's and, gigantic. Yeah, no. How are you gonna get the back? It's huge, and there's only twenty five of them made. Uh, so you know, I'm gonna send you the link, Chris. You can take a look at this trailer in your free time, or you can watch it as I talk. But basically, they released, they created 25 of these Pikachus, and then they created some small Pokeballs and some smaller Pikachus. These smaller Pikachus are still pretty big. I want to say they're the size of maybe uh, a pint, uh, maybe like half of a water bottle, like one of those smaller water bottle size, but it's pretty heavy. The Pokeball is actually really cool because it's a perfect spear. They have this gold outline on it. 
But before I keep rambling on, these things are coming out. The $25,000 is for this giant fragment of Pikachu, and these smaller ones are about 450 I think, US dollars. Um, so pretty pricey. I think the average Baccarat is around 400 to $600 for something small like a glass. So it's around there at normal price range, but definitely for a Pokemon investor, this is way more expensive than your average video game. This is like a Switch plus the game plus the uh, controller and maybe even some food. So very expensive, but I saw it come out. <laughs> I was in Singapore. I saw the Baccarat store. I don't know how they targeted me. Targeted ads, I think because I have an Android, are just very specific these days. And they were like, hey, Pokemon's releasing this crystal. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to check it out. I'm in Singapore. This is the only time I would have been able to see it. That was the wrong decision. The moment I stepped into the store, I was like, oh my god, this is lit. And I texted Chris. I was like, dude, I think I'm going to get one of these. And I looked at the price, and I was like, oh, this is way too expensive. Like, I'm not rich, but... <laughs> but you bought it. But I, <laughs> what but do I you mean? <laughs> but I bought it. It's, uh... I don't know. I don't know if it's... I don't even know what I'm going to do with it yet. It's too expensive to keep on my desk as a paperweight because I knock a lot of things over on my desk. And what if I break it? Wait, is there... Okay, so there's only 25 of the big Pikachus or there's 25 of each, like even the smaller ones? No, there's, o- there's only 25 of the big, very expensive Pikachu. The smaller ones aren't limited. Um, I don't know how many they produced. Singapore had 20 in store, 20 of these small Pikachus. And they had 20 Pokeballs. But Singapore only got one of the big Pikachus out of the 25. Um, so I'm okay. assuming based on location, that's how they allocated this. So I'm assuming, like, you know, if, if we just go by percentages, Singapore got one out of 25 big ones. And they got 20 of the small ones for Pokeballs and Pikachus. So there's probably about 1,000 of these Pikachus and Pokeballs floating around. I don't know. Okay. I mean, 1,000 is not a whole lot still. Like... If you buy one of the thousand, it still has the opportunity to kind of increase in price. Plus, you know, Pokemon is like here to stay, you know what I mean? It's been around for a long time. It's being celebrated for its 25th anniversary, like you said. Like, people all over the world like Pokemon. So I feel like this is a pretty good investment just listening to it. But if it's not limited and someone in New York just bought like a million of them or something, then you might be screwed. Yeah, so they were designed, or the fragment design is designed by Hiroshi Fujiwara. For, any, for anyone who doesn't know, he's kind of like the the Japanese hype beast. He like is the I don't know streetwear star of Japan. He like made um I forget what brand it was, but he copied Stussy kind of, and I don't know. He's just pretty uh, hype, and I don't know anything about streetwear, but I know his name. So I'm gonna leave it there before I get uh, before it is apparent that I don't know what I'm talking about. This but, is a Japanese musician, producer, and designer. But yeah, the stuff he makes goes for a lot of money. I don't know why, but you know, he's he's almost like Takashi Murakami, but in design. But I, I don't know if he just designed this fragmented $25,000 Pikachu. All I know is I bought the small one, you know, and I'm, I just need to get it back to America without breaking it. I had the person wrap it in paper and bubble wrap and then i bought a have i also bought a pair of shoes so i'm gonna put the this box into another box stuff that box with clothes it's gonna be secure i think <laughs> it's okay you're not even coming back to america 
You're just stuck in Singapore, man. But uh, yeah, so for anyone who wants to window shop and you live near a Baccarat store, go go for it. I mean, it came out this week. I don't know how long. I don't know if people are going to even buy this thing. I don't know how rich Pokemon fans are. This isn't like an online thing either, right? You have to go into the store in order to get it. I think you can email them. Like you can email and ask them to ship something to you, but you can't just purchase it online and have it shipped to you. I don't think unless you email the the representative. I I tried looking up online and you get like an email of like the closest person and I think you have to contact them. I'm like looking at this the Pikachu fragment is pretty sick. Yeah, if someone is very wealthy out there and wants me to buy this fragmented Pikachu for them and fly fly me out to wherever you live. Hit us up. I'll make a yeah. whole vlog. I will buy the $25,000 Pikachu for you, fly it out. Hand delivered. Hand delivered. Any location. But if it breaks, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I don't know if you, if anyone wants to trust you, but I mean, at least we got some shipping services here for, for Pikachu. I don't even know what this is. Glass? Is it glass? It's crystal. Yeah, crystal glass. Oh, it's it, crystal it's, glass. Okay. And, and the Pikachu, I mean, look, I'm not a glass maker, but the whole thing is one piece of glass. It's not bonded glass, so... I think that increases the integrity. It's less, it's more strong. Dude, I just looking at this and it like scares me to death that you're going to snap its Dude, if Pikachu ears. loses its tails, I'm going to just have a rat. Or what is Pikachu? It's a squirrel, right? I don't know, oh man. I think it's no, a squirrel. No, no, it's a rat. It's a rat. Is it a rat? Yeah, it's a mouse. I thought it was a squirrel. That's why its cheeks are puffy. No, no, it's, it's a mouse. It's an electric mouse. No, no, no. So... I think there's something about this that Pikachu in the Pokédex is a rat family or mouse family, but the initial design was supposed to be a squirrel. It's just it got interpreted as a rat. If in the game it says it's a rat family, no, no, there, there was then a, there, it's a rat, bro. <laughs> the person who who designed the artwork actually, I think, designed it off of a squirrel, but the person who made the game thought it looked like a rat, so they named it Rat in the Rat family, and then it just became I, Rat. I guess I can see that because it does look like a squirrel because the tail is thicker, right? Like on like the end, kind of like a squirrel's like bushy tail and he does run on all four. Okay, first article life. on October 12th, 2021. Well, wow, this is really recent. Pikachu is actually based on squirrels. Yeah, I could see it. I could see it. But in the game, it's a, it's, it's a rat. So it's a rat. So I, I guess in the game, it's a rat. Well, I guess that's yeah. enough about Pikachu. All you guys need to know is I... YOLO bought a Pikachu and it only took me like maybe 15 minutes to make this decision. I saw it. I went to go get some katsu, started eating some menchi katsu and I'm sitting there by myself eating and I'm just like, you know what? When else am I going to have the chance to buy a crystal Pikachu? If it goes up in money and, and one day this is worth a lot, hey, great. Or it's just going to be a great desk accessory that one day I'll have a story to tell of how I ended up with a crystal Pikachu from Singapore. You know, this would just be completely fitting of you if the airline, when you're coming back, loses your luggage. No, I've debated. I think I'm going to hand carry this. I'm going to I'm gonna hand carry this thing. But you have, you say you're going to put it with like shoes. Well, you're going to hand I, carry the shoes too? I have two, I have two luggage cases. Oh, I can put it in one and just, <laughs> the sole thing in there is going to be a Pikachu. Wow. This is a, a lot of, a lot of uh, weight that's being put into this Pikachu. But the Pokeball looks really cool. If you want the Pokeball, let me know. I'll go buy it for you. No, I think the Pokeball looks pretty pretty sick. It does but... look really cool. 
I had to if choose one. Use this, so I, I bought the Pikachu. I mean, I think that's a safe bet because the Pikachu is like more iconic. It's actually one of the Pokemon rather than like just a accessory from the game. So I think if you're going for what retains the most value, it's probably the Pikachu. What are you gonna do? Are you gonna just put in like glass case? Like you don't I don't know, think you have any like anime stuff that you put in glass cases or show or any video game stuff, but I don't maybe know. Maybe this is your time to start I a collection. Ha- I happen to have all my old Game Boy sixty four Pokemon cases still. And apparently those go for like a hundred dollars for a cardboard case with no game cartridge. So you know what? Maybe it's time to just make a glass Pokemon shrine. I guess so. <laughs> I don't know. I have all the Pokemon games. I have all the Pokemon manuals. I have the cartridges. And now I have a glass like Pikachu. It's, it, it's something that needs to go on like in like a case or something. And the box for Baccarat says Baccarat X Pokemon, which I think the box is actually cooler than the crystal. Because how many Baccarat cases actually say Baccarat X Pokemon? I don't know. Maybe this is what we were saying, I think, a couple weeks ago. Collabs these days. I think this is like the thing people are realizing you just got to keep collabing. That's how you keep your brand relevant. Who would have thought yeah, a much. luxury crystal brand would have partnered with Pokemon? And this is a French brand too. Pokemon has some really weird collabs though. Like not just products, but they have those like random planes and airplanes that have Pokemon all over. I don't really know what the point of it is, but they always collab with someone extremely random to advertise Pokemon even more. Or I... It might be just because, like, kids like it. So it's more so a marketing ploy to get kids to get on that airplane or something. I'm not sure, but they they do a lot of weird stuff because they definitely have the money to do that. Yeah, you know, it's like the Hello Kitty plane. Hey, for whatever works, I mean, apparently Baccarat has done a collab in the past, and it was a Baccarat x Doraemon. And so if you type in Baccarat X Doraemon, it's actually a mini Doraemon. Maybe a little smaller than the Pikachu, but it was around the same price. I think it was more of an ornament. Except that one was only sold in Japan. That sounds pretty fair though. Like Doraemon's not very big on in anywhere else. It's big in Japan. I grew up watching it, so like it's it's like my childhood anime. But I don't think anyone in the US that I know has watched it. And it doesn't really make sense for them to watch it. Cause it's very old it um i, I think it's kind of still ongoing i think i'm not sure but it started a long time ago so like it would only resonate with people i think in japan it's not like a shonen where it's cross boundaries and gone global or anything like that either i guess like while we're on this like pokemon topic though are are you gonna get the new pokemon game it's just a diamond and pearl remake i think wait no <laughs> yeah, is uh, it diamond and pearl it's it's uh no it's the was it x and y now, now I'm forgetting. I, I, it's what's that guy's name? He starts with a D. It's a, it's like the diamond looking guy, right? Oh no, no, it is diamond. It, it's it is, diamond oh, and pearl. Yeah, I just said diamond looking guy. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like, what? You just told me no, and then you just said diamond looking guy. But that's coming out like November. Are you, are you, are you planning on playing it? You know these remakes. I, I love playing the remakes. Diamond and pearl was actually one of the more fun games i played but that was also like peak pokemon phase for me so maybe i'll get it i've enjoyed all the remakes so you you personally like the remakes 
I've personally bought every Pokemon game that's come out that's a remake and the original. So you know what? I'll probably get it. <laughs> Who am I kidding? I think the only one I really played was Soul Silver and Heart Gold just because I liked Silver and Gold, the original, a lot. But all the other ones I haven't really played. I've only played the new ones that came out. Oh, I guess I got Let's Go. Is it a hot take that Gold and Silver are the best games that were ever released? I don't think so. I feel like Gold and Silver was just really good. I bought both because I liked it so much. You're you're a truly Pokemon fan, but I know some people that have that like uh, Ruby Sapphire a lot, and that's their favorite game. So it might just be like dependent on which one you kind of grew up with, or which one you. You know, Ruby first. I'm not sure. Ruby Sapphire was fun. I would just get a little and angry as a kid because you know I didn't really understand EV traits. Uh, you know, leveling up correctly, using correct moves and skills. I would just try to use Fisher on everything, and I would miss 80% of the time and just get so angry. I just remember being a kid, like, oh my god, like, I can't hit him. Do you ever wish with the Pokemon games, like, they don't waste their time on the remakes and they just, like, create new games? Because I feel like they just make these remakes to fill the void between one game to another. But if they just allocated all their resources, couldn't they just finish the new game quicker? I think these days... Or am days, I just simplifying it? Nintendo is focuses a lot on the quality of each game that comes out. You know what else they do, though? They're doing this, like, let's bring back every single game. Like, all the retro games on N64, and let's just bring it back. Or from games, uh, Game Boy and Game Boy Color and the DS. Anything from Game Boy Color and the Game Boy Advance, I can see why because the graphics are completely different. It's like it's like a new experience. But once you start getting into the Diamond Pearls, I mean that was what what was that called? The, that was the flip the flip one. I don't remember. It's 3DS, wasn't it? Diamond Pearls. Yeah, Pearl? 3DS. But those the graphics are starting to get a little bit better, and a lot of people play those on mods, you know. So. I, I don't know like it's gonna get old eventually i think they can maybe do it one or two more times maybe like this one um as long as they don't do the xy re like they did a remake for that and that was that was god awful as gamers there's there's like a sense of nostalgia that comes from like these remakes and you can play the games that you played as a kid in like higher quality so it's just like if a old movie got put on like HBO or like Netflix, then they do the whole revamping of the visual quality so that it looks a lot better, right? It, I think it's basically the same idea where they they're taking something old and then making it a better quality. But at the same time, like I feel like we're kind of in this like gaming drought where there's no new games that's really good. And I'm just waiting here for Breath of the Wild 2 or the new Pokemon game, even though like I think a lot of people have kind of given bad reviews to new Pokemon open world game. I'm not sure why, um, but I haven't really heard good things about it. I wish Nintendo just focused kind of on like new game development rather than just putting everything on the Nintendo store. But that's just me being a snobby gamer. I think they focus so much on, you know, the new Switch that they, I don't know what happened, but yeah, there haven't been too many great Switch games that I've played recently. Granted, I haven't played too many recently. Yeah, I haven't played a whole lot either. Just because there hasn't just been a lot that's come come out which is kind of unfortunate because i felt like covid was a great opportunity for them to kind of capitalize on or any gaming company to capitalize on but there wasn't really a really big game that came out during covid i think 
maybe Valorant. I think Valorant came out like mid COVID at the start. But besides that, literally like nothing came out. And it, yeah, it, it kind of blows. But I'm basically turning this into a gaming podcast now. You know, it's all culture. It's all it's all somewhat related to anime. Yolo. If you like games, you probably like anime. I think. Nintendo games, yeah. I mean. <laughs> well, I guess uh, I could circle back to anime now, but I actually went to Studio Ghibli Museum in uh, LA. I don't know if you saw that, but... I did, I did. Give me the rundown. Yeah, they have a Studio Ghibli Museum in, uh, I think, like, where the Oscars Museum is. Uh, it's, like, called Academy Museum of something, but... This entire floor is like dedicated to uh, Miyazaki Hayao or Hayao Miyazaki, however you want to say it. And it was really cool. It was actually really, really cool. You can see all the kind of sketches that went into each of the movies, like every single movie. And how like detailed it really is, like all the pencil marks, all the different coloring schemes. They use like over 150 colors just to like use finish like one like landscape scene which is like kind of insane to like think about and you can also see kind of like the progression of his storytelling and also how they basically got to the end point so they'll, they'll start with like an initial sketch and then they'll like get, finish the character design the, there's a pitch for the story etc and then like you see the final product in the end but I guess as a kid that grew up with Studio Ghibli movies, it was pretty cool because I've basically watched every single one like 10 times. And yeah, it was like very nostalgic. Same same feeling. But have you did you watch all the Studio Ghibli movies? Because I don't know if like it's just me because I grew up in a Japanese speaking house. But all we literally did was watch Studio Ghibli movies for a long time. <laughs> I haven't seen all of them, to be honest. I've seen the big ones um i think i saw the recent one but i haven't seen all of them you know what i realized though this museum is like the the museum you need to take your significant other if they're not into anime to convince them that anime is like complex and extremely good i think my so is a lost cause in terms of anime but we'll we'll try it out we'll try it out (laughs) I think I feel like Studio Ghibli is one of those things that kind of goes across a wide spectrum. It's it's I don't know why, but it doesn't get the anime treatment. Like it doesn't get the weeb treatment that anime typically does. And maybe maybe we could touch on it later, but I I don't know why it doesn't. It's like just it has this like barrier where people just think Studio Ghibli is kind of its own thing because it's been accepted by the Oscars and the Academy obviously and has gone across a lot of different boundaries. Like people not only in Japan watch Studio Ghibli movies growing up, which is kind of crazy to think about. It was like it a opportunity for me. Like I would always tell like my significant other when I was watching like a Studio Ghibli movie with them, like, oh, it's all hand drawn. Like it's basically, you know, done from scratch. It's not the same like CG animation that we see nowadays. But then they're like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I could tell. Like it's like it looks kind of hand drawn. But then when you can actually see the sketches and see all the fine details that go into each drawing, like the Spirit of the Way drawings are just so detailed. I was just like completely mind blown. I was like, oh, this is obviously why this is the only Japanese film that's like won anything at the Oscars because there's like two million lines for one scene. (laughs) 
I'll have to check it out. Is it a permanent museum or is it something like a temporary like? It's only till June 2022, but like you have time because it's June 2022. Okay, so we got we got a while. We got a while. Yeah, I definitely recommend it to anyone that's into Studio Ghibli, into anime in general, because it just gives you like a newfound appreciation for how these films are made because there's a lot of work that goes into it, man. And I hope one day that there's like museums like this where we could kind of see how the, the I guess, greatest anime of all time have been created. Like something like Your Name, obviously, all of Makoto Shinkai's films, like I will, I will like the same treatment just so I could see how everything was made. That, yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, it, it is really cool to get to see like that part of any production, right? I mean, to kind of see from the ground the effort that went into something. It does give you a deeper appreciation. And if you like something to begin with, I think that's definitely really cool to, to definitely see and learn about. Do, don't they have one in Japan too? Or they had one? I think they they still do have one, and I think there there's a there, isn't there a amusement park? I thought there was like a studio Ghibli like amusement park. So I mean I think that's part of it. I mean everyone in Japan loves Studio Ghibli for whatever reason. I think they're actually in production to make another movie soon, so everyone's kind of looking out for that. But uh-huh. the one thing that actually like shocked me while I was at the museum was, I want to say ninety percent of the people that were there while I was there at least were not Asian. I only thought <laughs> I only expected people to come to this museum if they were like Asian weaves that kind of grew up with Studio Ghibli, but literally 90% of the crowd there was not Asian. Like it was so diverse, I was shocked. I was like where am I even living cuz um I guess like LA is obviously like a great opportunity for a diverse audience for Studio Ghibli for Studio Ghibli Museum, but at the same time, I just, I guess I never realized how diverse the anime or Studio Ghibli crowd was because for me, it was just like such a Japanese thing and something I grew up with personally because my family obviously speaks Japanese and like loves Studio Ghibli and it's just highly regarded in all of Japan. Yeah, I was like, wow, I guess it's really kind of gone global because I, I just couldn't like believe it. I mean, it it is in Little Tokyo, right? So, if anything... Well, it's in, like, it's in Hollywood. Oh, okay. Yeah. But like you said, I think uh, Studio Ghibli has, whether people know the name or not, the movies that they've produced are usually the more well-known anime um, for the past couple decades. So, it's a good thing. I mean, I'm glad to see that they're they're taking that step to try and reach out to other people. And... You know, with the growing interest in other cultures, productions, and and movies, I mean, it can only go up from here. (laughs) I knew for a fact that obviously the anime crowd was becoming more diversified just because of how big TikTok has gotten and how big like anime memes or anime social media has gotten. But I guess I just like never realized it until like I actually saw it in person. Where I was walking around and I was just like, wait, I'm literally the only Japanese person here. That's so, that's actually pretty shocking. But then again, the Japanese are pretty rare in Southern California. The yeah, I mean, they're Jap- pretty rare. The, the true ones like you. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty rare. But at the same time, like Japanese people have this like, oh, like it's so Japanese. That, like, I don't know. It's like a Japanese pride kind of thing <laughs> where you just like kind of show up to these like Japanese exhibits where you're 
project is just being shown off as like one of the best things ever. Like I, for some reason, I just expected at least like 25%, 30% of the crowd to be Japanese or Asian because not just Japanese people, but I think like Taiwanese people kind of grow up with Studio Ghibli films too. Also, I, I don't know if it's the same in Korea and Hong Kong and China, but I know a, a good amount of people that are Taiwanese that grew up with the Ghibli films. So that's like what I expected. And then I was shocked. I was, but it's a good thing. It's a good thing for anime because the more diverse crowd and like the more widely accepted it is, it's just going to be better for the community. But at the same time, I actually don't think the Ghibli crowd kind of depicts the anime crowd. And that's like not a problem, but there's people that have watched Ghibli and for that to them, anime stops at Ghibli. Like that's it. And that might be a good thing, but, or a bad thing. I, I don't really know what it is. I mean, it's not necessarily a bad thing per se. It's, it's just kind of the way it is. And I think it's going to change because like you said, social media has been really kind of changing the perception of it all. And what really made me realize it was Halloween. I saw so many people dress up as cosplays with anime. And I'm talking Demon Slayer. That was probably the number one I saw. Okay, I was going to say, literally the only cosplay I saw was Nezuko Zenitsu. The, the boar guy, I don't remember his name. Okay, maybe I'm <laughs> friends with a lot Tanjiro. of weebs, but I saw a lot of Demon Slayer. I saw some Jujutsu Kaisen. And then the really big popular one that really surprised me was a lot of uh, frats, fraternities, um, Asian fraternities. They all wore Tokyo Manji uniforms from Tokyo Revengers. Really? Yeah, so that one was interesting to me. But I saw a lot, like multiple groups. You know, it seemed like it was a common costume theme for... Uh, the Asian American male. No, I totally agree. Cause when I was just going through social media, not like just Asian social media, obviously, but or Asian American social media, I would see a lot of cosplaying, and I was pretty surprised. I mean, granted, like a lot of it is Demon Slayer because Demon Slayer is just that big, and it's on Netflix. It's hit a wider audience than than ever. At the same time, it's a bit surprising still, cause Demon Slayer to me is appealing to me because it takes place in this like i think the taisho era or some period in japan and where like the samurai are kind of like yeah the well they exist and it's like very cool to me because it's like part of japanese culture and whatnot but then for other people i, I just never thought that it, people would have the same appreciation for demon slayer but i guess it's just that good that it's just kind of gone global that in that sense but then yeah, for Halloween, I, I saw a lot of that. I saw a lot of Naruto. I saw a lot of Jujutsu as well. I think Demon Slayer and Jujutsu is obviously, are obviously like two of the biggest anime, at least in the West. So it makes sense. But Yeah, did, did you see, uh, I think it was Supreme Dreams cosplayed as Kakashi. I don't know if you no, know I didn't who that see is. It, but... Mark Phillips. Um, he's like very, he's blown up as like RDC World on YouTube. He makes all those funny comedy videos. He's like made the a lot mostly NBA references, but he loves anime. So he's got like two point seven million followers. He's like very popular in the NBA community. But he he cosplayed as Kakashi. I would go look it up. It was hilarious. And he basically wrote, "If you don't know who this is, uh, off first, we probably not cool." One, 
I'm not going to say the word, walked up to me and said, Rock Lee, man, cool. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, honestly, it's dope. I remember someone dressed up as Kakashi in high school and they got like laughed at. Sad days, man. Yeah. Sad days. So this is actually pretty funny because I actually had like a like similar conversation with one of my coworkers. So I had to fly up to um, Northern California for like a like a work event, and obviously I, I when I'm at work I don't flaunt that I watch anime because I'm not a weave in office. I'm a weave out of office. Ha! <laughs> I'm hilarious. I know. For whatever reason, oh, so I was I was looking at one of my coworkers like dating profiles on Hinge, and then I was like basically right right swiping or left swiping for them because they were just like, I can't find any good good guys in the Bay Area, and I was like, all right, I'll I'll just like do the swipes for you. I want to see like how bad your pool is essentially. And one of the one of the the candidates or one of the people that we saw on the on the app was said that they watch anime and that they would like show off you or like the person that they would date. To their friends if they also watched anime and one of my other co-workers i was like looking over my shoulder was like oh dude i love anime and then I, we basically went on this like whole conversation about anime for for an hour or so but he he asked me he was like as a japanese person is it weird that all these people that aren't japanese and that come from different cultures are coming out to say they like anime now because anime wasn't a widely accepted thing for a very long time and we've talked about this a lot of times but he was just like is it weird that like all these people are just coming out as like weaves because it wasn't like this a long time ago or it wasn't like this even like two years ago i think and i don't know what started it but it it just feels like there's this weave culture that's just like bleeding out from like everyone inside and it's been like shocking me not just from like social media but like people i talk to that i don't even like they they didn't watch anime two years ago. That I know for a fact they didn't watch anime two years ago, and now they just like come up to me and are like, "Yo, I gotta talk about this anime because I watched it. I, I don't know anyone else that watches anime, so I just gotta like talk to someone about it." And I'm just like, "Okay, like you could talk to me about it because obviously you know I watch anime. I'm just like this open weeb in front of like my friends, so I've actually had a lot of those conversations in like the last three months, and it's like really weird." somehow we need to write more reviews with the little time we have maybe we should yeah, just make like, a youtube podcast show our yeah faces. we just gotta just go for it do a youtube podcast just do in-depth reviews just bashing on anime i'm just kidding but obviously i don't know what it is but like i never expected so much people to just like text me or like talk to me in person when we're hanging out just about anime like on the side and it's not like we talk about it for like 10 minutes. Like, oh, yeah, did you did you like Demon Slayer? Yeah, yeah, I liked it. Yeah. And it's done. Like, it's not like a very short conversation like that. For some reason, like, when we talk about anime, right, we go on t- tangents forever about, like, how good something is. They, they, they do the same things. And I know for a fact they weren't, like, weeps, like, a year ago. So it's, like, it def- I definitely can tell people, like, are really enjoying it, which is, like, the weird part. It's enjoyable because it's, you know, like, I think when I talk to people, um, a K-drama, you can get sucked in and ruin your entire day. Anime, it's 20 minutes, and it makes you feel slightly better about yourself. Just slightly. Very slightly. Just slightly. If you if you still watch 24 episodes in a day like I do, I mean, nothing's changed. But just slightly. I think I do think, though, in terms of anime, what's your sense on people watching, like, in-season anime? Because... 
every every single thing that I talk about with other people right now are are never in season anime, and I just have this urge to talk about in season anime. And the only place I could talk about it is like with you. I'm telling <laughs> you, podcast. it's Netflix. Netflix is always delayed, and this is why most people are about a season or two behind in anime. I'm telling you, this is the reason because most people oh. don't have Crunchyroll accounts like we do. Oh, okay, okay. I think that's fair. That's very fair. It's I didn't Netflix. really think about Netflix it. Netflix is the game changer. Netflix, okay, anime being on Netflix actually was like the biggest or, or best thing that could have happened to anime, I think. And anime's been on Netflix for a long time. So I guess like it's just it's just getting bigger now. But yeah, like every single time I talk to someone and they like come up to me and they want to talk to me about a show, it's about a show that's like two two seasons prior. And I'm just like, why are you talking about this now? Like we could have watched, watched this like nine months ago. What are you guys doing? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, speaking of U.S. companies, I mean, this isn't a stock podcast or anything like that, but I do want to touch on this because it's it's been something I realized maybe recently. You know, we all know Sony or Funimation bought Crunchyroll for, I forget the number, it was like something billion, right? But why is Crunchyroll's marketing department so much better than Funimation? I don't get anything for Funimation. But Crunchyroll, I get so many ads. I think Funimation might focus more so on the marketing for movies because they're the ones that kind of do the marketing for all these films that are being released in the U.S. Plus, like the the dubbed version of it, and also, I think I don't know if they they sub. I think it's just a dub version, but I'm not I'm not hundred percent sure. So don't quote me on that. But at the same time. Or I guess like for Funimation specifically, like they, they had the Boku no Hero movie that came out recently. So I think they were really focused on marketing that. Um, there was like a whole red car- carpet event and whatnot. And one of my colleagues from, or like one of my classmates from college was actually there because she voice acts um, and she did a role in Boku no Hero, which was like kind of crazy. But Crunchyroll, on the on the other hand, is more so focused on like the streaming platform, right? Like that's all they have, really. They might have some events. I think they usually have like a like a con, in I think the Bay Area actually, and they have those components, but they don't really have like movie releases or anything like that. But on that note, I freaking hate Funimation's stupid streaming site. It's pretty it bad. No, no, no. It the the UI is bad. It first of all. Like, you have to add things to your queue, and it, it doesn't do a good job at really telling you what's new or what's popular or what's trending. There's a lot of things wrong with it. Yeah, why is Funimation's UI so fucking bad? Like, they can do every single thing else. Like, they're, they're producing the dub shows. They're producing all these movies. They're a streaming platform in the end for anime. And it's so bad. Like, Crunchyroll's new, like, beta version is significantly better than Funimation. I don't I think the Crunchyroll's like old version, like the non-beta version, is still better than Funimation's like current version. I don't know what it is, but their streaming platform is just so bad. It's it's been actually like irritating me a lot. I'm just being snobby. No, it's a but okay, so like Crunchyroll had the old UI, which for some reason I will occasionally load instead of the new UI. I think we're on the beta UI. Because whenever I load the new UI, it says beta Crunchyroll. I don't know what most people see, but the beta Crunchyroll is a lot nicer than the original Crunchyroll UI. Yeah, I agree. I think the beta Crunchyroll is like a really good UI, but the Funimation like current one is still worse than Crunchyroll's like old one, which is it's just 
mind-blowing to me like how do they not have the money to like kind of organize this a little bit better because this it's just so bad it's so bad and like it actually genuinely makes me want to like not watch things off automation because it's so irritating and bad to like navigate gladly i only watch like two shows are only like funimation exclusives and everything else is on netflix and crunchyroll but like it kind of is like making my anime watching experience significantly worse yeah i Man, I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't understand how they can have bought Crunchyroll and, like, not be fixing their own, like, their own their own stuff. Do you think their plan is to get, like, just combine the two into one big platform? Is that not, not allowed? I actually have no idea. It's got to be the roadmap plan. I just don't know when they're going to do it. But it's definitely going to be integrated into the Funimation one, right? Dude, they might have bought Crunchyroll for the UI. I don't know. That's usually what companies do. Like they say, oh, yeah, this company the has technology. this. Has, they developed it already. It's it's much easier and faster than us trying to do the same thing. So we're just gonna buy it from them. We're just gonna buy them for it. But like usually the the reason for that is like there's like very I don't know like very hard technology that they cannot develop in house. So like like let's just say like a crazy AI platform or something they cannot develop because it will just take significantly. It will just take a lot of money to to get a lot of the these R&D people to research and develop the product. In this case though, like a UI can't be the reason why like they bought the company. It's for sure to get the titles that Crunchyroll has exclusively in order to like stream it. I think it's the users too because the turnover rate for users, I think we've talked about this before, is is very low for anime. Once you subscribe to an anime streaming site, you most likely are going to keep paying it. That's true. That's actually really true. I didn't really think about that because Netflix, you could. There's so many people that just like turn it off on and off, right? Yeah, but and then they Crunchyroll go through animations. Yep. Yeah, Crunchyroll Fun Funimation probably has one of the most loyal fan bases because weebs are just weebs and they're forever weebs. So, I mean, like there might come like dry periods where people just don't watch anime for a long time. So maybe they turn it off then. But I could see people subscribe for a lot longer. But yeah, I, I hope. Honestly, like I'm, I'm just hoping they don't like combine the two into one like joint UI platform, and they like combine it into a Funimation platform because I, I might cry at that point because of how bad this UI for Funimation is. You know, let's let's hope they don't. Let's hope they don't go down that road. Let's hope they do the smart thing here. Yeah, let's let's not mess this up, Funimation, please. If you if you want us to advertise your your platform, we'll take money to say good things about it. <laughs> Yeah, and, and we really need to work on this this watch history thing. I'm gonna say it right yeah. now. Maybe I should become a maybe we should become software engineers and we need to develop better watch history. Maybe we should just go work for Funimation. This needs to be documented. One okay, we need to create a better UI for Funimation, but we also need to create a better UI for my anime list, cause that ain't it either. This market's wide open. We just gotta do it. You think that there'd be software engineers and kind of the weeb space to fix this though? You would think every software engineer is is going down the the crypto the crypto route right now. There's a lack of engineering elsewhere. Is is there anime coin yet? There's a Squid Game coin. I think there's a there's got to be anime coins. I mean, there's coins for everything. Oh yeah, there's a waifu token. I just typed in waifu. What? <laughs> Let's see how much it is. It is zero point zero 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 three seven three. Hasn't gone up or down in price, and it was released about a year ago. 
I don't know what this token does. Probably nothing. Yeah, probably a whole lot of nothing, but it's fine. Their web- it's a waifu. Their website is called Hinata.io. <laughs> All right, we know what who their waifu is. <laughs> I guess before we wrap up, do you have any show updates? I did want to talk about one show really quickly. Or it's a movie, actually. So there's this festival called the... Uh, Canes, Cannes? I don't know how you pronounce it. Canes, France. C-A-N-N-E-S. I think it's... Okay. Whatever. It's You guys can look it up. But there's a there's a film festival. Um, I think 2020 was canceled. Anyway, Spike Lee is one of the main judges. For those who don't know, he's a very prominent director in America. Um, in 2021, there was a movie that got a standing ovation for 14 minutes. Or some absurd amount of time and that movie was called bell and okay i'm gonna i think the japanese name is rue to so i don't i don't know how to say it rue to sobakasu no hime it's something like freckled dragon princess or something the dragon and freckled princess but anyways this film got a crazy ovation so i actually saw someone post about it on social media and so i watched it and I didn't realize it, but it's basically an anime version of Beauty and the Beast. Which reminded me of how Alice in Borderland is like some creepy, crazy version of Alice in Wonderland. But this is actually more actually related to Beauty and the Beast. It's it's similar, but it's it's got its differences. It is similar to a sword art online type of thing where like you are an avatar in some separate virtual world. And in, in this world, similar to Sword Art Online, uh, what gets depicted in the virtual world is actually your inner personality and talents. So what you um, kind of come up as in this virtual world is who you are as a person inside. So you, if you're a shy person who maybe doesn't express their talent in real life, it'll be expressed in this virtual reality. And it's, it's, it's kind of interesting. You know, it wasn't the best anime movie I've seen, but it was, in, it was interesting and entertaining. I can see why it was liked, and I thought that it was interesting that this was the movie that got a lot of a praise at this festival. It actually won the special jury prize at the festival, and again, Spike Lee was on the jury, or the head of the jury at the festival. So it got a standing ovation. On my anime list, I think it's only like a 7.7 or 7.8 or something. 7.83 right now. But... I think a lot of people from maybe America might not have liked it because it is very similar to Beauty and the Beast. I mean, the name, the girl's name is Belle. I mean, it's how much more can you basically say I'm, I'm copying Beauty and the Beast? But <laughs> it's uh, very heavy in music, kind of like a Disney movie. It just takes the approach of like maybe the 20th century um, with virtual reality. So I liked it, you know, I just wanted to kind of touch on it that I did go watch this movie. I thought it was really interesting. Again, it's not the best movie scene, but if hey, if you're looking for new films and you want to watch something it's 2 hours long, go watch it, give it a list, go give it a try. Um I don't think you'll hate it. I don't think you'll say it's great, but it's entertaining. I'll leave it at that. I feel like Japanese people recently have been just doing this a really good job of kind of integrating like technological aspects of like the modern uh of the modern i guess period and incorporating it into like their storytelling so 
I, I'm just reading like a quick summary and just basing off of what you've just said, but they've been doing that a lot for J dramas and also it seems like they're doing it for something like this. And I don't know, that that usually translates well in, in a lot of instances just because a lot more people nowadays can relate to it. It they highlight some, you know, struggles or issues with the with the current period and stuff like that. So I'm definitely gonna watch it. The my anime list fans, man, they don't like it. Seven point eight three is a, a little low. It's a little low, but you know it. It's got plot holes. That's why I'm almost positive that's why the score is low. But you know it's a fifty-seven million, or it's a it's a small budget film, and I think it brought in like fifty million or something. Regardless, it was pretty good, I think, for you know something relatively small. But it was distributed by Toho, so it's not like super small, but. Yeah, honestly, though, I don't trust, I guess, like my anime list reviewers because they're just going to nitpick at every single thing that they possibly could. Unless the name of the anime is Full Malcolmist Brotherhood or AOT, they just decide to nitpick at every single thing that they possibly can in a in a movie or a show. So I definitely don't trust that 7.8. I'll probably watch it for myself and then I'll give you or we could do have like an in-depth review of the sh- of the movie. Yeah, yeah. Um definitely definitely watch it and let me know what you think it's pretty touching it's got the plot holes but you know all movies have plot holes so it is what it is anyways that's what i want to talk about for this week what about you um have you been keeping up with the the current season i have been so you you remember how like we kind of talked about like this like top 10 anime of the week ranking oh yes yes drastically changed or not drastically changed but it's changing a lot on this twitter i follow and i feel like it's getting interesting this current season of anime is getting a bit interesting i didn't watch this specific week's episodes yet i haven't watched this week's 86 so um compared to our last podcast this is like two weeks out so i haven't watched this week but i watched the previous week when we didn't have an episode for the podcast so i don't know how that did but on this current anime of the week list 86 is number one it, it got good it got good i i 100 agree with that okay because before we didn't do a podcast last week but last week comey can't communicate was number one and 86 actually dropped quite a bit it, i think it dropped to like fourth or fifth and then so it's like moving like it's, it's moving a lot number one is 86 right now in the current week number two is jobless reincarnation which i'm guessing you still haven't watched yet and you should and Three is Komi Can't Communicate. Four is still Mieduko-chan, which is still mind-blowing to me. I don't understand why this is a four. And Tacked Off has been the only one that's kind of remained consistent at five every single week. It's just been at five. Running down, we got 86, Komi-san's two. Uh, Jobless Reincarnation's oh, two. Komi's Komi three. Komi's three. Mieduko-chan, four. And then Tacked Off, five. Tacked Off is kind of boring. I'm not gonna lie. Did die. I didn't watch this week's as well. Hot take. But hot take. Real take. Your hot take was that it's boring, or you have another hot take. My hot take is that I find myself clicking <laughs> assassination over tacked up to watch on the weekly basis. I think it reached a point where tacked up is. <sighs> I don't want to say a, a a chore to watch, but it's kind of reaching that point where it is a chore i don't know like it's hard for me to get myself to watch it 
No, I'm the same way. Like, it's like I enjoy watching it once I start it, but it's just hard for me to click it, you know? I'm like, oh, do I really want to click it? Wait, so I actually did my homework. Unlike you who hasn't watched Jobless Reincarnation, I actually watched The World's Finest Assassin Gets Reincarnated in Another World. All right, hit, hit me with that low rating. What you got? It's not bad. It's oh actually not bad. Oh my God. Thank you. Thank but you. If I were to rate the show, it's going to get okay, it's an isekai. a six or lower. It, it's an isekai. Yeah. But it, for it's gonna other get a six isekai, or lower. it's interesting. I like the first three episodes, I think. I think episode four was when they introduced like that girl, right? The magician girl. Oh, yeah. Then it got like, kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like you could kind of tell where they're going with it. Like, they're just trying to get a fan service character, right? Come on. Why they had to do that? And that that's where it kind of just was just like, all right, this this episode feels kind of bad. But the first three episodes was just like, oh, this is entertaining. Like, I I, I, I want to click the next episode. It actually keeps me, like, more engaged, like you said, about than tacked up. Like, it's just like, oh, yeah, I'll click it. I'll click it. And it's just, like, entertaining to watch. Yeah. Where I was like, where I'm watching tacked up, I'm just confused. I don't think it's bad. Right now, it's eighth on this, on this list I'm looking at. Fair. That's fair. That's fair. At least it's on the list. Has my favorite yeah. show, Restaurant to Another World, made it to this top 10 yet? No, not yet. That's unfortunate. Have you been watching there it? Is? No, no, I have I've not watched it. <laughs> hey, come on, man. I'm I'm watching an isekai for you already. Like this I'm doing a lot more than I'm stretching my boundaries, you know. Okay. okay I'm watching okay. two isekais right now. <laughs> there was another show that actually shot up on the list very recently. It might have been last week. It showed up on the list for the first time in this current season and it was it was number three when it first showed up on the list and it's a show called ranking of the kings have you heard of it i have not heard of it it's it's pretty fucking good it's on it's on funimation um no, it's no. a very good show <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah so like i have two shows i have to watch on funimation jobless reincarnation because it's not on Crunchyroll, and then ranking of kings it's not on any other platform i have to watch on funimation which is just a tragedy, but I'll do it for these two shows because I actually think Jobless Reincarnation kind of deserves this number two spot and it's actually very good. And Ranking of Kings is has quickly become like the sleeper pick of the, the season. Like very much the sleeper pick of the season. It's it's about like a like um a kingdom. At least this is like what it what's about so far. There's only like three or four episodes, but it's about a kingdom. There is two uh the king had two two kids one of them is deaf he can't hear and then the other one is um just a normal kid a little snobby and is trying and they're trying to go for the throne because the king is about to die and so there's this like fight for power between the two two kings um the king that or the the two princes the prince that is deaf is the older one so he's actually in line to succeed the throne but a lot of people have a lot of issues with it because he's a little quirky. He doesn't understand words. He needs to use sign language to communicate, etc. And it's basically just a like a battle for the throne, but at the same time, kind of like like a growing up story for the two princes to see how they kind of develop into like royalty. So it's pretty interesting. It's like very easy to watch because there's someone to root for. Like whether you pick one of one of the princes or whichever one you pick to root for, there's always someone to root for. It's kind of got shonen vibes because it's like a growing up story. And there is some like action scenes here and there. 
and I think the premise of the show is just is just really good. Like, there's like obvious bias. There's like obvious kind of prejudice towards the 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 prince that's deaf. They treat him not as nicely sometimes. They treat him nicely in other times um, because they're concerned for his health, etc. And it's it just kind of shows real world problems. And I watched it in one sitting, and I was just kind of blown away. Also, the soundtrack, the opening and ending are freaking bangers. The ending of this show is probably the best ending of fall 2021. Not even close. So I recommend you watch it. Interesting. I do like succession shows, so maybe I'll give that a watch. Actually, I think I will give it a watch. I basically caught up on everything this week, so why not? Yeah, it's really good. I will replace Faraway Paladin with the ranking of kings. <laughs> please, please. Please, not another Isekai. But yeah, I mean, like, this, this show's good. Like, um... But you you'll appreciate the the opening and ending too. The opening and ending are just the bangers, and they got two of like the biggest artists in Japan to do the opening and endings. So they definitely have the budget, and they're putting money into this into the show. So you could kind of tell uh, the art style is a bit unique, though. So maybe you, you'll need to get used to that. All right. Well, I don't think I found an anime that I've hated for art. I just have to get used to it. So. Another show that um, I wanted to quickly touch on, which I haven't watched the episode this week either, but it fell out the top 10 list was uh, Platinum Man. Yeah. It got bad. It got bad. Yeah, it got bad. It, it, was, um, it was tragic because literally the episode right after we talked about how it was going to be the sleeper pick of anime or how it was getting better was trash. It was one of the worst episodes of anime I've seen in my life. <laughs> it was it was really bad i didn't want to say it was really bad but it was it was so bad um at that point i just lost all hope and then that's when i was looking for this like new sleeper pick of anime and that's when i kind of came across ranking of kings platinum man doesn't deserve to be on this top 10 list it's it's the last episode and i'm guessing this next episode that i didn't watch was just complete garbage because i don't know i don't know where they're going with the show anymore Ah, uh, yeah, it's 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 kind of weird. It's I don't like it. It's I'm gonna keep watching it. I gotta give them give it a couple more episodes. But yeah, I, I agree with you that it it went downhill. It is a 24 episode show though, so we we probably should keep watching it. I mean, I will keep watching it. It's better than Faraway Paladin, which I've already like struggling to watch. Hopefully, I mean, it gets better. But and I know we're I know we're getting way over on this. So maybe my last comment is, have you watched Aquatope lately? I didn't watch the last one. Okay. Is it bad? Hot take. I, I, just, wanted to, I just want it to end. Like, I'm committed, but I just want it to end. Does that make sense? Not that I don't, not that I don't like it. I just want it to end. The thing with Aquatope, it's actually really funny. Because the thing with Aquatope now is it's gone full slice of life. And what I mean by that is there's literally no plot, right? A pure slice of life is just a show that has a like qualities of of like a, a daily life for the main characters, and that's it. There isn't any plot involved. There isn't any like, I guess like action scenes or anything like that. It's just relationship slash what's going on in the daily lives of the characters, and they've literally just gone full slice of life, which is weird. Here's the thing: like I've I've watched a lot of PA Works shows, obviously, and I've been disappointed for. A lot of years or the last like two years or so in their last few shows prior to aqua's hope it was like a full slice of life show and they just went ham with it like midway through 
and that's when it got bad like they would introduce new themes like scientific themes or magical themes that just made absolutely no sense in a slice of life scheme and now they're going like opposite complete opposite direction where they're not introducing anything or nothing happens and i could see like people just getting completely bored with the show because there's literally nothing going on it's definitely like one of those shows you just play in the background like every single week and that's that's just it yeah yeah i was gonna say it's it's coming it's becoming the daily noise show <laughs> but it's not like i don't like it it's it's just it's run its course and i'm and i'm waiting for it to end which i'm sad to say yeah it's really weird um there's a few shows out there right now like like i said what tag top it just feels like a chore to watch i don't feel find myself like clicking the next episode like i did with like ranking of kings or 86 or jobless reincarnation like for those ones i actually just like go out of my way like no matter what to watch the episodes just because they're they're actually good oh and Comey can't communicate but there's other shows out there right now that are just like complete chores to watch which is it's fine right like summer 2021 was an entire season of chores so <laughs> the fact that i have at least like five shows that i can watch with like amusement and like the my fact own that there are shows that are above eight is all i need to see it's all i care about yeah yeah exactly so i guess that's like that's that's it for this week's anime but any closing right. thoughts before we wrap up nope i think i'm good for this week um Two, P- two Pokemon's 25th anniversary, I guess. <laughs> I'll just pray that you either don't snap its ears or tail off and that the price of that thing actually goes up. <laughs> you know, it's kind of weird because like Pikachu is the one Pokemon you never wanted to evolve it. Just like, no. Just, yeah. You don't get your Thunderstone. No, sir. Yeah, Raichu's a scam. <laughs> Raichu's a scam. He's just a big rat. An actual rat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. I'm not. I'm done. Right. Out of topics for this week. So. All right. Peace out, Weebo. See you next week. Peace out. <laughs>